Well, a very pleasant good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Legal Happenings from KRWC in Buffalo. My name is John McCooley. I'm the semi-retired former law librarian for Wright in Sherburne County, inviting you to stick around for a little while. I'd like to share some information with you that would be helpful, particularly in the area of filing complaints. Sometimes we have difficulties with uh, companies or uh, local businesses that just are not uh, cooperating with us. We feel that we've been taken advantage of, perhaps, and all of that is very frustrating. And we've got some information we'd like to share with you on how you might file a complaint with our uh, government, actually. And there's information coming up on our legal commentaries today by District Court Judge Greg Galler, who is going to be talking about a subject that's very important to all of us. It's always around us. It's called negligence. Is it something we did or is it something we didn't do? Well, interesting to note, Judge Galler will explain that in just a few minutes, but it's both. Sometimes we have an obligation to do something and we didn't, and sometimes we were required to uh, not do something and we did fail to do it as well. So uh, Judge Galler is very helpful in helping us understand that particular uh, issue, and it's about four and a half minutes long and invite you to stick around for that particular commentary. And then a little later on, District Court Judge Stephen Halsey, chambered here in Buffalo, will be talking about a subject coming up pretty soon with the hunting season coming, and that is, what is trespassing? Going on to somebody's property. At what point is it trespassing or not? Please stay tuned for that here on Legal Happenings, a regular public service program of KRWC coming to you each Sunday at this time. And thankfully, you uh, have had a chance to listen to the program before, and we've heard from some of you folks, and we do thank you for that. We invite you to let us know if you have a commentary or a particular legal issue of general importance to the public, please let me know. And we'll consent, you know, give that over to the district court judges to review and see if they would help us out a little bit by uh, explaining it to us as they see it. And that's what this program's all about. Public information to mostly self-help folks who want to know more about the court system. Suddenly you're involved with a conciliation matter or someone's perhaps bringing you to court here in Buffalo and you want to know more about it. And well, you should because we are expected to know more about the law Ignorance of the law is no excuse. There's no question about that. But today, really, quite frankly, it's very easy to find all the different statutes. You can find all the different resources that are available to you as a self-help representative, uh, beginning with the Minnesota Judicial Branch website. It is the premier website in Minnesota, covering all 87 counties. And the Minnesota Judicial Branch has been established to Eliminate uh, all of the confusion about systems and progresses and, uh, for example, how to file a, for a divorce. There are many self-help divorces that have gone through our Wright County area and as long as other counties as well. But basically, it's a step-by-step -step, uh, system outlining exactly what needs to be done, the paperwork that has to be filed, and uh, how to get it into the court system what to put on and what not to, and the timeline that is so important whenever you're working with a court system. And most importantly, if you've been served with any papers, 
you do not want to sit on your rights, literally. You want to get that to an attorney or visit one of the free law clinics. Maybe you're passing through and you live in Itasca or you live in Ramsey County or some other county. Just remember, each county has a courthouse, and in that courthouse there'll be a law library somewhere. And in that law library, there's generally a free law clinic available to residents of that county. The reason is, again, to eliminate procedural errors and legal misunderstandings by following the basic outline of instructions that do come to you from the Minnesota Judicial Branch on any of the subjects that they do provide from adoption through subpoenas. It's important to know that uh, you have somebody there that has prepared these documents and self-help forms so that you can easily and step-by-step step follow along the instructions. Well, I know what you're thinking. I, I could never do that. Well, that's not really true because remember, only you know all the facts. And since you know the facts, you need to put down what you know. And then, of course, you'll have some questions if you're, for example, you're trying to uh, get a summary divorce or what have you, and there's some questions on either some personal numbers you need to know or figures, well, then just put a sticky flag on that and then call up the law library here at Wright County and contact the law librarian, it might be Colleen Norgren and, or Joe Brazen, and you'll sign up for a free law clinic which is held, I believe, each Thursday at noon. It's very busy. It might be a couple of weeks out. But you uh, can get on the list, and you'll have some time to talk with an attorney to help answer those questions that you've flagged. So many people that have come through over the years have done a great job in doing their own self-help work, and many of them are very proud of themselves and uh, working through the court system in an orderly and systematic fashion. So that's what this program is all about. It just provides information that will make it a little easier for you when you do uh, run into the law. And uh, there's plenty of law to run into if we really start looking at it. It's, uh, it's a vast area of, of our world that's changing all the time. Laws do change. Uh, for example, the new uh, hands-free law. We want to be careful not to pick up uh, that uh, smartphone and start driving because it's not legal anymore. Well, it's time to take a break and listen to District Court Judge Greg Galler, who is chambered in the Stillwater area, but still part of the 10th Judicial District. And Judge Galler is going to be telling us about the important subject of negligence. This is Minnesota District Court Judge Greg Galler. Welcome to Legal Happenings on AM 1360 KRWC, radio for Wright County. The news regularly carries stories about the idea of negligence. Negligence is just a fancy way of saying that someone has fallen below an expected standard of behavior. The law refers to it as a standard of care. The word negligence has the same origin as the word neglect. If someone neglects a legal duty, then they are negligent. Negligence is also sometimes described as carelessness. It all relates to whether or not a person has complied with a legally imposed standard of care. Negligence can be broken down into two main categories, ordinary negligence and gross negligence. 
Ordinary negligence, or carelessness, incorporates what is known as the ordinary, reasonable person standard. In short, it asks, what would an ordinarily reasonable person do in similar circumstances? Examples of ordinary negligence are frequently seen in court. Many relate to car crashes. For example, a plaintiff in a personal injury case involving a car crash might try to prove the defendant's negligence by presenting evidence that the defendant was speeding, failed to stop at a red light, failed to signal a lane change, or was texting while driving. The jury decides negligence by determining whether or not the defendant's driving was consistent with how an ordinarily reasonable person would have been driving in similar circumstances. Gross negligence takes the idea to a much higher level. The word gross refers to something that is glaring, flagrant, or shameful. It is sometimes described as extremely careless or extremely dangerous behavior. One legal source describes it as the failure to exercise even the slightest amount of care. In the car crash example above, consider if the driver was speeding, threw a red light, while changing lanes without signaling, and while texting. Most people would likely consider that to be a glaring, flagrant, or shameful example of negligent or careless behavior. Ordinary negligence normally arises from basic carelessness. Gross negligence typically demonstrates a willful or reckless disregard of whether or not someone else is likely to be harmed. Negligence can also subject a person to criminal prosecution. On the misdemeanor level, negligent driving is made illegal with the synonymous charge of careless driving. It means operating a vehicle in a manner that is likely to endanger person or property. A person commits a felony if they have engaged in grossly negligent driving behavior that seriously injures or kills another person. But negligence and gross negligence don't apply only to driving conduct. They are also the standards used to measure an almost limitless number of legally recognized standards of behavior. Both negligence and gross negligence present situations where someone is either distracted or so focused on themselves that they do not recognize or care if others may be harmed. The law related to negligence recognizes that we all have a continuing legal duty to behave in such a way that we don't harm or endanger someone else through our own neglectful conduct. This has been Judge Greg Galler with Legal Happenings on AM 1360 KRWC Radio for Wright County. You're listening to Legal Happenings from KRWC and thank you for the company. We thank District Court Judge Greg Geller, too, for his weekly commentaries and invite you to stay tuned for Judge Halsey talking about trespass in just a few minutes. Well, before we took a break for the legal commentary today, we were talking about different kinds of forms available to you at the Minnesota Judicial Branch website. And I urge you to write this website down because it's very important to you because it is the premier website for legal forms for self-help representatives in Minnesota. And it's at mncourts.gov, mncourts.gov. If you go there, you'll find more information perhaps than you really want, but that's what it's all about. You need to select that which is important to you and read about it and try to grasp what it's saying to you. 
And one of the first things we want to mention, too, is the alternative dispute resolution programs that offer mediation and arbitration for people to work out some of their uh, problems, their legal issues. And this is extremely helpful to help eliminate some costs and to streamline things. It's proven to be successful in all of the areas where it's available. And so remember that alternative dispute resolution. Perhaps you can get a 50-50 uh, resolution, and what's fairer than that? So do check that out. And of course, if you have a legal question or you've been served with papers, you only have so much time, you can't wait for the next free law clinic, then please do call the Minnesota State Bar Association. Their number is 612-333-1183. You can also find the Minnesota State Bar Association at the help desk at mnbar.org. Or simply uh, Google it or what have you. But do contact the State Bar Association because they have attorneys who specialize in certain areas. And it's important, too, that the timing be observed because you'll get a notice or something and you only have so much time to do that. And remember, you, you have to let the other party know that uh, there's going to be, you know, a scheduled hearing or what have you. But the instructions will show you when you go to mncourts.gov and it'll outline it for you. And again, save your questions for one of the free law clinics, not only in Wright County, but Stearns County and Sherburne and almost all of them have one. I don't have all the numbers available, and if so, it, it would take so long, but you can find all the law libraries uh, right on the Minnesota Judicial Branch website as well. It's quite a site, and it's a site that I do hope you uh, will follow up on. Maybe you're buying a house, maybe you've got a landlord issue, or you bought something online and you have no title to it, and uh, all the common everyday Basic problems from debt, so on and so forth, are all, again, right there for you to begin to understand how to take someone to conciliation court. Or, for example, you bought something from somebody and you want to file a complaint. Well, in our area, you can simply contact the Minnesota Attorney General's office and file a complaint notice. It's a one-page affair, and half of the page is listed. It says right on it, what do you want us to do? Well, tell them their problem, and I suspect that the Attorney General's office, having received enough of those complaints, would act on them. But either way, that's the start, and it's available to you on your computer as well by simply going to the Attorney General site here in Minnesota. Now, what happens if you get out there and you have an automobile accident, for example, with a, uh, a postal worker or a government a worker. There are forms available and a consumer program available to you to find out what you would do in those cases. It's called USA.gov. USA.gov. It's where you can contact people to file a complaint against a company as well about a purchase or service that you had received. Now, the USA.gov is, again, a, a government agency that looks out for consumer issues. It's actually part of the Department of Consumer Protection of the Federal Trade Association. And you will find information on steps on how to file a complaint against the company, how to complain about online purchases, 
And of course, be careful of online scams and things of that nature. But also, dispute resolution programs. Remember we talked about ADR? That's uh, Alternative Dispute Resolutions. They'll give you an idea how you might solve the problem. And they might as well explain mandatory arbitration clauses to you as well. Some of the fine print that you need to know when you're filing a consumer complaint with a national agency. And filing a consumer complaint really isn't, seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. They have a graphic, simple page that shows you in one, two, three, the steps you go through to find uh, the information you need. The government departments and agencies are all listed. It gives you contact information and web addresses for hundreds of federal agencies and sub-agencies and divisions, as well as state government contact information as well. And if all that fails, remember you can call and talk with an information specialist in our government. It's amazing. The number to call is 1-844-USA-GOV-1. That's 800-44-USA-GOV-1 for information and talking with a specialist on, on any of our government agencies that are currently in existence. Another way of finding information that can be very valuable to you if you need it. Let's take a break now and see if we are trespassing or not. Welcome to Legal Happenings here on KRWC Radio. I'm Judge Steve Halsey from Wright County District Court, chambered in Buffalo. And today I'm going to answer the question, what is trespassing? With the arrival of fall in Minnesota, thousands of hunters will be heading out into the forest, fields, and swamps, hunting the often evasive deer and waterfowl. These hunters will see many signs posted warning them, no trespassing. You may wonder whether all landowners or state and regional parks have the right to exclude hunters, ATV riders, hikers, and others. Criminal trespassing may generally be defined as entering or occupying a building or land without a claim of right or the consent of the owner. Most trespass violations are misdemeanors punishable by a maximum sentence of 90 days in jail, a $1,000 fine, or both. However, it is a gross misdemeanor punishable by a maximum sentence of 365 days in jail, a $3,000 fine or both, to enter a battered women's shelter or housing facility and refuse to depart when requested. The basic elements of the crime of trespass, which must be proven by a prosecutor beyond a reasonable doubt, are these. 1. The person intentionally trespassed upon the premises of another. 2. The person refused to depart from the premises upon the demand of the lawful possessor. And three, the person acted without claim of right. Minnesota law requires that posted signs be of a certain uh, type uh, and also uh, a certain dimension for certain times of types of land and buildings. Uh, for example, a construction site requires a certain uh, size, 8.5 by 11 inches, posted conspicuously. Agricultural land requires 11 square inches uh, for the sign and must be posted in uh, a certain a number of places depending upon acreage. A sign displaying letters or at least a letter is at least two inches high stating no trespassing must be posted on private or public land to prohibit outdoor recreations. 
There is a particular statute prohibiting trespass on school property. It is a crime for a person to enter or be found in an elementary, middle, or secondary school building unless the person is a student, parent, or guardian of a student, or an employee, has permission, is attending a school event class or meeting to which the person, public, or a student's family is invited, or has reported their presence as required for visitors. A person, including an expelled student, who has been told by a principal to leave and not return, cannot return to the school's property for a year unless given permission to return by the principal. There is also another statute which prohibits entering without permission certain agricultural lands where livestock, poultry, and domesticated animals are kept. Most of the cases of trespass the judges see in court involve people who have been told by the owner that they may not be in a store, usually because of shoplifting, or in an apartment building or house for a certain period of time, often a year, but who then unwisely enter that premises anyway. Convictions usually involve a small fine, suspended jail time, and an order not to go on the premises for another year. Specific laws govern trespass and hunting on private lands. These laws, while similar to laws discussed previously by me here, do have their differences. State-owned lands also have their own regulations related to hunting. While much of state-owned land is open to hunting during established seasons, restrictions like posted signs prohibiting entry exist. Violating entry restrictions on private and public lands subjects a person to civil and criminal penalties along with license revocation. Fines can be up to $3,000. For more information regarding hunting and uh, going upon uh, state-owned lands, you can contact the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, which has a handbook that outlines regulations about hunting on private and public lands. It's a resource that every hunter should read. So in summary, when hunting in Minnesota, be very careful about only hunting with the consent of the land, landowner and not on state land where prohibited. That concludes my comments on trespassing. I'm Judge Steve Halsey from Red County District Court, chambered in Buffalo. Thank you for listening to Legal Happenings here on KRWC Radio. Thank you, Judge Halsey, for that commentary today here on Legal Happenings. If you have an issue or a concern or a topic that you'd like to share or perhaps have the courts look at and perhaps comment on, please feel free to write me, John McCooley, but that, that really isn't important. The web address is lawlibrarian at frontier.com, lawlibrarian at frontier.com. We'd be glad to get that information to the district court judges so that they can review it as well. They they are anxious to hear what some of the more general concerns are of the people. Commentaries are designed as a general uh, information, and it does not specifically apply to any certain area or person. So, for example, District Court Judge Gregory Galler, about six months ago, did a program on driving under the influence under Minnesota statutes that are, well, it was absolutely sobering, literally, because it lists all of the different costs that are going to be incurred when a person is picked up for uh, driving under the influence on the first time. So there's not a lot of leeway. If you want to learn about all of that, you can find it at Minnesota Statutes Chapter 169A, 
driving while impaired. That's the thing about our world today with the web and all the laws are right there on the computer for you to download, try to understand as best you can, and then contact a lawyer because knowledge is power. And as you learn things about a particular subject, you will be in a much better position to properly bring those questions to an attorney. The attorneys we find at the free law clinics are not mind readers, and it really helps to have all your ducks and information in order uh, so that time isn't wasted. And uh, it's very important to be aware that these laws and statutes are designed for the good of all of us, and that's why, of course, we have laws. But uh, the uh, ju judges and the court system and the law librarians and the volunteer attorneys are all working to try to uh, smooth out some of the uh, issues that go uh, are going on these days, and certainly there are many. But feel free to take advantage of the law library and see some of the books, learn things. Very interesting. Uh, there are about 6,000 books in the old law library I used to work at at Wright County. But it really can be broken down by Apostle Paul's about 12 words. That is, I do what I shouldn't, and I don't do what I should. And you can learn more by just visiting the law librarian. And they're one of the first people you're going to meet in the legal system, and they're there, of course, to help you as well. So one final reminder that if you're experiencing domestic violence situations, which, of course, was prevalent uh, when I was in the law library. It seems like it's tough times for a lot of people. There is a publication put out by the Minnesota Attorney General's Office called Rights and Resources for Victims of Domestic Abuse. It's available to you by simply going again to the Minnesota Attorney General's Office and downloading it. It's a simple one page, explains what is domestic abuse, what are the legal rights of victims of abuse, rather, and tenants' rights and protections against financial abuse and some other things that can be uh, very uh, enlightening to you to learn more about that subject. And, of course, if there is a domestic problem where you need an order for protection or harassment orders, I invite you to contact the Rivers of Hope. They've been working with domestic violence situations for a number of years. They're the place to go to here in Wright County and around the area. You call them and they'll walk you through the legal system. They're familiar with the courts. They're familiar with privacy issues. They, they just do a terrific job for you. So here's the number. Rivers of Hope for Domestic Abuse is 800-439-2642. And they'll help you get your feet back on solid ground. Also a reminder that... Uh, well, October is Domestic Abuse Month, but we're a little ahead of the game, being it's now in mid-September. But just a reminder, too, to prevent child abuse, remember, call uh, and do what you can for protecting our kids. They're so valuable to us, and watch out for them at our truck stops and bus stops and things of that nature. Our kids are our most important future resource, and we love them all, and we... I want to remind you that if you have a question, comment, accolade, criticism, objection, or what have you, I'd love to hear about it. My name is John McCooley, M-C-C-O-O-L-E-Y, and I'm the 
a person here sitting behind the mic as a volunteer, inviting you to write me at lawlibrarian at frontier.com, and we'd be more than happy to share information with you or help you find uh, a law library that can help you. And until we meet again next week, we'd like to remind you to have a great safe day and that knowledge is power. Thank you.